1: Well, what is going on, everybody? Enjoy! Welcome. In- <laughs> He's already excited. Welcome into the Hump Day Hotline, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. My name is Joe Miller. I'm one of the hosts of the show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. That over there is my guy, Jay Spencer King. What up? What up? What How's up? Going? Where can I find you, boss?
0: Oh, they can find me on Twitter at J Spence the King. Same, everybody, same. Every, you see it on the screen. You see every, it on the screen.
1: Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Jay Spence. How are you today? How is How is Hump Day? First place in the AFC East, beating the Patriots soundly. How's it treating you?
0: I'm be honest. I thought I would be way more excited. But the thing is, like, I I think I'm one of the few fans that I felt like we were better. So, like, to you, me, you, last year I felt like we got over the hump.
1: You were in the chat. You said that in, the, in one of the chats. You were like, I expect us to win this game. And the other person yeah. in the chat was like, Well, you got more confidence than I do.
0: Yeah. It was, I think Bruce said it. He was like, he, I'll never I be able wanna, to. Speak I didn't want to sell him of, down no. the river. <laughs> Oh, I'll sell him out. Whatever. <laughs> He's like, I'll never be able to speak with the amount of certainty that you do about football games. And I'm like, as a fan, <laughs> like last year, and that's, I guess that's really the truth. Like last year, even though it was Cam and even though it wasn't, um, you know, they didn't spend the amount of money they spent on that roster last year, but I felt like we beat them twice last year. So now it's not like the big bad Patriots. Right, now it's right. the Patriots. So I felt like we were a better team and they only beat us a few weeks ago because of the weather and all that stuff. So I'm like, man, so I'm just like, okay, bring on the playoffs. Let's let's um let's let's get to the playoffs. We got four wins to to win. Like we need to win. I
1: I felt like there was absolutely some creeping in of are we who we think we are kind of emotion coming like the Patriots had beaten the Buffalo Bills again, there's very much, it's everything that the media was writing about the Bills is true at that point. So as much as I think, just like you, that the Bills were the better football team, and that first game that they are are annoyingly calling the snow game this year, and it like snowed at 7. The game was at 8.20. It snowed at 7. There was no accumulation like, oh, the snow game. It's like there was no snow. It was windy. Um, but I feel like that was a fluke. I feel like the Bills that was normal weather, decent weather. The Bills would have had no trouble. Um, but I I still feel like there was just kind of a one of these going on, if you will, like a. Does that make sense? Like just peeking over I'm the shoulder.
0: Sh- I'm, I'm still confused though. Like there was nothing about that game that qualifies it as a snow game. Like you want to see snow game. <sighs> Go back a few years ago on December, <laughs> you know, like I remember the day because it was my grandmother's birthday, December 18th. Right. Go back to that game when you couldn't see this far in front of your face. That's a snow game.
1: Right, for sure. This
0: I would call it the wind game.
1: The wind game, yeah, which we've had several of those. We had one two years ago against the Eagles when it was 55 mile an hour winds. Carson mm-hmm. in that game. But, yeah, so um, welcome to everybody that's joining us in the comments section. Welcome to all of those of us who are going to listen to this in podcast. Hey, mom. My mom is in the chat because she's uh, – Yeah, she's uh, feeling better today. She's uh, been a little under the weather, so it's good to hear see that she's feeling better today. Richard Rush is in the room. Daniel Gowers is in the room. Uh, T, I don't know if that's T Estelle or if that's just T, a different T. I was trying to figure that out myself. Andrew Solomon, what's up, my friends? Good to see you. But, yeah, and we are – let me do the read. Let me talk about John Spazchek just for a moment. John Spazchek is my guy, and he's Jay Spence's guy, and he is the head of a group called the Market Dominator Team uh and uh john is a real estate agent with keller williams who is the largest real estate brokerage in the entire world and uh, john considers himself and his team a life transition specialist now i had somebody reach out to me this week that didn't like the fact that i kind of sold john's wares or did his read that if you are quote unquote leaving buffalo and i didn't mean that in a negative form the reality is is people move to buffalo a lot of people are moving to buffalo there's a lot of Engineers, there's a lot of doctors, there's a lot of good paying type jobs in Buffalo because this is a big engineering town. But unfortunately, sometimes things happen and people have to leave the city. It's just one of those things. If you're in that circumstance, if you're upside down in your world, you're not sure where to go, who to turn to, don't know the first thing about trying to sell your house and even what the market you're going to looks like, John can help you here, John can help you there. Uh, If you're coming to Buffalo, same thing. John can help you. So call the Market Dominator team. You can reach John on his cell phone. He will answer the phone, 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him at his email, yourelitebroker at gmail.com. John is also Bill's Mafia. You can find him on Twitter at yourelitebroker. Do me a favor. Do Jay Spence a favor. If you're looking to buy or sell a home and you don't have a relative that's a real estate agent, so if it's not a relative, call John.
0: Yeah. Can I just say, whoever was that sent you that DM, like, and this is all Jay Spence. This is not Buffalo Rumblings. This is not SB Nation. This is not Joe Miller. That's soft. Like, I'm going to just say, we got to stop being offended by everything. I left Buffalo and guess what? I don't have any plans on coming back. I could have used John a couple years ago. <laughs> right. Why are you offended that people want to leave? Like,
1: right.
0: I love Buffalo. I come back and eat wings every year. It doesn't mean that I have to live there to do so. You come so. back come
1: a on. lot. You come back a lot. I do. Yeah, I do. I've been
0: there back. this year. I feel like yeah. I was there this year more than when I lived there.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just understanding and, and being a part of it. And you're in banking, so you get it. And obviously, you know, as an adult, you get it. And I say this all the time: it's about the other person's uh, representative. And John doesn't allow that kind of like hanging out and waiting and the balls in their court stuff. John basically runs both the sale and the close and the and the buy. So if you're buying a home or selling a home, he runs it and he ba- makes sure that everybody's doing their job. So the dates are met and things are happening on time and stuff like that. Things aren't sliding out. So John's just the best. But yeah, anyways,
0: John's the John's the Anyways, boss.
1: back to it. So that football game. Now that we've gotten uh, through that. Oh, and she said yes. It is me. I don't know if you saw that. So that is T. Hey, Tisdale so, so, in the so building. Tia, That's my girl. T is incognito.
0: <laughs> Get a picture on there, T, so we know who we're talking to. Let's. <laughs> um, I,
1: this was a topic last week. And I wanted, I was reading when I was, when I was changing the notes for the show, I was reading, I read this one and I was like, huh, this is actually a relevant topic for this week. Cause now we have one more week of information. It's always about recency bias. It's always about what we know now it's, you know, we never have enough sample size. These are the words that, you know, in the crowds that you and I run in now with Greg Thompson and, and Bruce and all these guys, you know, it's about having an, it's never what your eyes see. We talked a lot about that today in the chat, yada, yada, but I love this basically concept that we talked about last week Devin Singletary is taking the obvious lead so this was from last week the obvious lead in the backfield for the Buffalo Bills excuse me in the last couple games what are our feelings on that I don't know something just went down my throat which is weird but are you still in the same place that you were last week seeing what he did again this week like Devin Singletary and 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 Allen talked about him in his presser today
0: this is this I guess this is where I come across as a hater because I, I really don't try to hate I don't I don't look at the game that Devin had Sunday as spectacular like I don't I, you think, know was
1: spectacular but it was better than anything we've had I mean it just it goes how do I want to say it? and I'm sorry that I'm cutting you off he was very much he was active in the role he was falling forward he was doing his best Cole Beasley impression the best thing about Cole Beasley is he catches the ball and falls forward so he was falling forward he was getting he was flashing open quick um but yeah but it wasn't like we still haven't had a 100-yard rusher in how long how long has it been
0: i mean it's it's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so yeah it's been, but, it's been a while but then the thing is like when we say so like last week's game not the one that just passed but the one prior that was a a very good game as a running back in the buffalo bills uh offense yeah. this yeah. last week um Listen, twelve carries for thirty nine yards and one touchdown. I, I just can't say like that's a good game. Sure, um, but I will tell you, it, it's one of those games that you know he showed us. He showed us things that makes us say, "Yeah, let's keep doing this." Like the the angry run that we that everybody in Buffalo thought should have won the angry run award. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. So, think I, so I love Devin.
1: I thought Damian. Yeah, Harris I don't think so either. I thought Damian Harris's run. If you're getting in the end zone, it's better. And Damian Harris's one run into the end zone where they. I'm like why why are the bills stopping this guy? But yeah, the, I thought that one was almost better. But the one that won, there was a couple good ones out there. Obviously, the Montgomery one was good. So.
0: The one from Monday Night Football is that the one that won? I don't I yeah,
1: don't know. No, that Mon- <laughs> Montgomery was Sunday night, and then uh, yeah, that was one the one. But the one for Monday Night was good as well. But yeah, Dude, Ed, Edwards Ed, Alaires Edwards- was good.
0: It was a few of them. It was a few yeah. of them. So either way, if Devin won it or not, it's fine. But um he showed us some good things, just not enough to make me say like, okay, it's really that. Like I still want to bring in competition i don't want to say replace him and zach but i still want to bring in competition or draft or whatever improve the offensive line even though this game it was the best performance at the offensive line that we've seen but as far as the running attack to your question um i just i'm still just underwhelmed when it comes to the running back position on this roster i haven't seen anything that makes me say like okay we set when it comes to the running back
1: so where, so we've, we've come almost an entire year. Uh We had Devin Singletary two years ago, Zach Moss entered the frame last year. Um, And then obviously we've gotten what we've gotten this year. We've added Brita and Brita has a couple moments, but there's now he's worked himself out of the offense, which is great because Devin is playing well. I saw that as well. I, I meant from a running back, but yes, I Josh, know, for <laughs> um, but last year you and I were kind of pounding the table <clears throat> for a running back, whether it was, Travis Etienne or Javante Williams who Bruce liked Bruce liked Javante Williams and there's been a lot of conversation about you don't take a running back in the first round which man I'm at the point dude like right are you where I
0: am I want to take a wide receiver in the first round this year coming up that's where I'm at but I, I guess it depends, run in- it,
1: it depends on what happens. Are they going to let Beasley go? Sanders is going to retire. I have very good word that Sanders is going to retire after this year, whether the Bills win the Super Bowl or not. The question mm-hmm. is Beasley. So if they if they get out, I heard on the radio <clears throat> yesterday that if they let Beasley go, it might have been today. If they let Beasley go, if they walk away from his contract, they save $6.1 million. It only hurts them for like $800,000. So you can probably yep. guess that Beasley's gone. I think um, that
0: they should, they're going to be down two big parts of their offense. And and even though Gabe Davis is playing well, and even though like now we see this um, from Isaiah McKenzie, which I think they should continue and we're going to get yeah. there. So I don't want to get too deep into that, but I still think you need to get younger at the wide receiver. Even if, even if you yeah. keep Cole, say you keep Cole, you still need to get younger at that position. And, and um, I know we have Isaiah Hodgins on the practice squad and I know we have a couple guys, but you absolutely need to draft. And and here's a, t- a little piece of information that I didn't realize until yesterday. I was talking to my guy, Carlos, about it. The Buffalo Bills, as far as, um you know, skill position players, we do not have a first round draft pick on this team. Like outside of Josh Allen on the offense, as far as skill position players, offense, we do right. not have a, on the offense, we, got a we do debbie, not have a first round draft pick.
1: That'd be a first and seconds on the defense. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you can you can take your pick on that side, right? Of it. Right, 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 but, right. But when you're looking at the offense, we don't have any. And right. not that it I'm not saying that you can only succeed with first-round draft picks, but let's not do what the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's not set Josh Allen up for the future to kind of get these guys that we feel are good and, and plug and play. We have a good roster, so I'm not that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying it as if we can't succeed with the guys we have, because Stefan Diggs, to me, he looks better than a first-round draft pick. Like, he looks like one of those yeah. guys where it's yeah. like everybody knows you need to draft this kid. He developed into that. So I'm not I'm not speaking down on any of our guys. But there's also something to be said for teams who aggressively try to help their superstars win. Mm. Get a guy in the first round who you know is a solid home run hitter. And, the, and I know I'm probably going to get yelled at about the offensive line because we need guards. I think we should kind of take care of that the same way we took care of not not necessarily make them the highest paid, but the same way we brought in Mitch Morris when there was a need at center. Yeah, I don't trust our I don't trust our coach and staff to develop offensive linemen anymore. Cody Ford was a was a complete disaster. I do not trust him. Bring somebody in in free agency who, you know, is better than everybody in the draft. Like unless there's a hit like, you know, same thing. If there's a Nelson coming up in this draft, you draft him. Right. Every right. time. Right but i just don't trust those guys to develop anymore and I, I want free agents when it comes to that let's draft a wide receiver for round 1 or or running back round 1 get somebody in there
1: well it's always going to fall to the board so i i I, li- I love living in the world where we're not drafting for need we're drafting not uh, i don't know what the word is we're drafting we're drafting because this is the way the board fell so i you know best player available and i don't know that the bills necessarily do that either even though they say they do so when you hear the conversation well, the guy that we wanted fell to us. It's like, well, wait a minute. You said you just BPA. If you if you're going BPA, there's not really guys you want. You're just slotting guys, right? These are our slots, and we're picking here. And this guy's available. That was we slotted at 27. We're picking 31 or 30, right? I mean, isn't that how that's supposed to work? Versus that's the guy we wanted. It's like, wait a second. Um, for me, when it comes to that, yes, we need a guard. I don't know that. I, I don't. I don't know that I'm taking a guard in the first round. Um, I think a guard can be picked up in the second round. The hard part for me is just when I see running backs make offensive lines better. When it, when I watch running backs make, you know, you've got, you've got the the two, you've got different molds. You've got the mold of new England and new England just runs a scheme and they find the guys that'll run their scheme and whatever running back they put back there. Damian Harris, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, pick a dude, Antoine Smith, who's a bust in Buffalo. like, Whoever they put back there is gonna run their run their brains out. And then as soon as that guy goes to another team, Sony Michelle, he's the shell of what he was with the Patriots. So that's one thing. The Bills don't have that. They're not that. The other one is you draft a running back that makes the guys in front of you better. And the Bills don't have that man, guy either.
0: My man Daniel says if the running back is good enough, like Henry Taylor, you take him in the first round. And I think we're both in agreement with that. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it's tough to tell. It's tough to tell because so for instance, I loved the, the prospect of Travis Etienne coming out of right. the draft. Right. And um and I'll be honest, uh CJ Spiller sold me more on him, but I loved him anyway. Right. And now we didn't quite get to see what he is because of the injury, but I was all in on, on drafting him. Or could you imagine if this Buffalo bills team had Najee Harris, you know what I mean? Like, like give me, give me one of those guys.
1: When you, Um, when you, when you look at Najee Harris, you look at Javante Williams. We'll just use those two as reference points because they were available this year. And, and I don't think that either of them, Javante Williams went after the bills picked Najee Harry went Najee Harris went first. Could have moved up and gotten gotten Williams. They would have had to move up in the first to get Harris, which we probably, none of us would have been necessarily happy with. However, when you look at cut angles, cut speed, right downhill motion, and just burst—if you put Najee Harris or Javante Williams on this football team right now, with the holes that they're starting to give Devin Singletary, you gotta wonder it's gonna be better than it is with. I mean, I, and we both like Devin. This isn't a crap on Devin Singletary session.
0: There's no, just keep an ad- Devin.
1: Keep right, right, yeah. just an ad. we're not saying get rid of them when you're talking about burst and you're talking about getting through it just i'm just at the point where what this offense is really missing (laughs) right outside of a guard i just think i'm
0: over the whole concept of running back by committee now you know like because around the league you see it and you see some some people succeed or some teams succeed with it but i think you really only see teams succeed with it when you have guys that are of a certain caliber like we look at cleveland right and and cleveland is like they can have one guy out injured and and it doesn't matter the run game is still strong they can have a guy you know it doesn't matter which one right and even their third string running back is a very good back so right when, when you have a team like that yeah but when you're talking about you know devin singletary and zach moss who by the way zach moss is coming off of a foot injury who so i still personally I'm not giving him an excuse or an, an, an out for anything but I still don't think that he fully trusts himself when he's running that ball which is why on plays where everybody's like his vision sucks I don't think it sucks I think is that he knows his limitations so he doesn't want to do certain things to make things worse he's just trying to do, you know and and yeah. listen if that's if that's something that he's not ready for it and maybe it's on the coaching staff to not play him if he's not ready but but look, I would absolutely love to get a, an explosive offensive weapon in the backfield with Josh because we see what Josh does and we see mm-hmm. what Stefan Diggs does. Mm-hmm. And you see what. So when you have guys like that and then you have somebody that you absolutely have to worry about in the backfield, it is it, it's, it's, it's just it's a I mean, headache for teams.
1: It's it, I mean, it's it's it is legitimately hashtag wildest dreams land. But imagine Josh Young with a guy like Marshall Falk. A guy like LaDanian Tomlinson, a guy like Thurman Thomas, a guy that can like run and catch on the backfield and can take over a football game. You got Josh Allen and that guy, right? And Stefan Diggs. You're talking about an unstoppable. It's almost, it and, almost, and
0: Dawson Knox, who has now Knox. developed into a top, you know, I don't want to reach too much, but like a top five, top seven tight end in this league. Right. Um. You got, you got a top five at almost every position on your offense. Yep. Come on.
1: It gets to the point Come where the it gets to the point where the offensive line matters less with that much talent. And I and I know what people are gonna say, well, you gotta have a good offensive line. There's only one team that I remember in my lifetime that had an amazing offensive line and an amazing talent around them. It was the Dallas Cowboys from the early nineties. They had a ridiculous offensive line and they had all those weapons. It's it's never both. It's it's always this or you never have both. One team, in my recollection, yeah. for three or four years, had both. One team, Dallas, early nineties. That was it.
0: Real quick, I just want to send a shout out real quick to Sosa Dixon. Um, So my cousin CJ and I don't know if everybody remembers from last season when the Buffalo Bills played against um, the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. I had my cousin CJ on the show, and then prior to that game, I had his father on when we played against the Colts. They were in Buffalo for Christmas, and uh, he's been hyping me up. So Sosa's on here saying that he's been following for some time. Thank you so much for following and and being a part of the show. And uh, again, shout out to my cousin CJ and my uncle Clifford for for, uh, for holding me down out there.
1: Nice. Love it when the fam shows up. Yeah, next, yeah. next, and this goes along right with what we're talking about. So, everybody, by the way, you're listening or tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Multicast Network, brought to you by the market dominator. Jay Spencer, myself, just talking Buffalo Bills football. We're we're kind of talking through the foul or the uh the uh the last game against the Patriots, kind of in a, in a in a sort. We're gonna move on to the Falcons game here in a second. But before that, the offensive line played better than they have all season. I don't think anybody is going to, I mean. What, you sent me the 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 link to Josh's presser, and you could mm-hmm. even see it on him. Like those guys played, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, like it, it was on him. You could see it on him, like it was coming out of him. No uh, sex, with, what, right? Cool. No sex. With that Bates was at left guard. Mm-hmm. What is what is this? I have strong opinions. It came out Sunday and Monday. What where? Before I give mine, what are your thoughts on what this line should look like going forward?
0: I think it should look like exactly what it did Sunday. Like right. if you had your best game with that combination, then then you try it again to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Right. And the thing is, we, it's not that it was just your best game; it was your best game at against at the time the number one ranked defense in the league. So when you're talking about flukes, now offensively, we can say what you want about Mac Jones. He he has a noodle arm, or wait, the guy on the radio has a rag arm, and he has you know <laughs> like you, you know you could so we could we could go there. But when you're right, talking right. defense. That team is legit and yeah. there aren't many teams who are more legit than the new england patriots when it comes to defense so to have that game against that team out of, in new england at that england. I, I think you you run that back this this weekend against atlanta you run that back next weekend when we play against the jets you run that back and i don't it, it's the best combination we've had josh was yeah. clean After the game, he was clean besides, you know, obviously he was doing his running thing and probably got a little dirt on him from that. But, but no, in the pocket, Josh had, there were moments where Josh was standing there, like literally looking around the field and like, Oh, I got him. I got where I want to go. Let's do it. (laughs) That's what I want to see from my, my quarterback.
1: So we're on the same page. Now the question is, is what are the chances that they, as you said, run it back?
0: Uh, Gosh, man. Well, I feel like a if they run it back and this is what we if they get the same performance then hey let's solidify this thing for next year you know yeah. what I mean like like don't I, let Bates I don't know Bates contract situation I'm not no, sure I'm not sure, that,
1: I'm not sure that we're gonna see them that that line I don't know that we see if Mongo is available I don't know that we see Bates Man. in the lineup.
0: I, listen, as much as um everybody loves Mongo, it, the thing is. When Mongo lost that weight, Mongo hasn't looked like the Mongo that we all fell in love with. And that's just the truth of it. That is just the truth, isn't So this isn't a slight, like, I don't love Mongo. I love Mongo. I think he's one of those dudes that he, when he got signed, he brought an attitude to this team that we needed on the offensive line that we haven't had since, um, uh, now I'm having a brain fart. The the guy that ended up going out to Vegas, you know. uh, Oh richie uh since richie Richie
1: incognito yep yep
0: yeah since richie left so like that's something that we needed so i love feliciano but the thing is i don't care what your attitude is like if your body can't be in there with those big boys that's big boy work and if your body just can't handle it it's one of those things and and on top of it him not being able to block as well as we thought now it's like he's actually breaking down too he's been injured a little bit here he's been beat up here so look if he's not if he's not what he was when we signed him and he lost that weight and slimmed down, tried to get more athletic or whatever it was that he tried to do, it's not working. Give this kid a shot. If he if he kept Josh clean, man, <laughs> he kept him clean.
1: For sure, I'm actually going to check the depth chart right now because I haven't checked the depth chart for the Bills in a little minute or in a minute. So I want to see if the depth chart has changed at all because my understanding is is that uh, Bates has been. And you've heard me complain about this. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be the first man off off the bench, and it has not happened. And he finally got in a game and basically in a position that he did not play in college. He played center and tackle in college, which is what we've all been told, and held it down, like held Mm -hmm. it down, which was crazy. Uh, Where are we at? So... They've While you're
0: looking at that, we got some good takes in the in the comments here. Daniel says, got to keep Bates in. Have Feliciano be the backup at interior positions. Uh, T Dobbs says they should have Feliciano sit as backup center and guard and leave Rick Bates in. So I feel like for the most part, um, at least the people that are in here, Jessica also says, Thank God Mongo lost the weight, otherwise, COVID could have been worse for him. Weight is a big issue for COVID. Okay, that was going somewhere else. But but yeah, um, I, I'm not sure if the if the weight for for these athletes is is actually um right. the issue i just think right. that you know the virus can kind of get but that's that's beside the point i think the the line that we saw is the way it should be and and yeah. mongo just isn't the guy that we um that that we had when we signed him but go ahead i know you were looking up
1: well i'm just looking at it and it just it's just infuriating um it goes back to what i had said i i brought it up on the on the overreaction show and then i brought it up on the Phoenix show which is that you know spencer brown is or er, not spencer brown but uh Ryan Bates is supposed to be the uh, yeah it's just the backup to every position first guy off the bench they've got him as a backup center and that's all he is on the on the death chart is a backup center yeah so yeah which is which is strange to me they got Tommy Doyle backup right tackle Spencer Brown backup left tackle on the Bills on the Bills website um and obviously with Ike being out for and you know obviously indefinitely with a with a, with a ruptured Achilles he's done so he's done this year and you know prayers out to Ike that's not an easy injury for any NFL athlete to come back from if we all remember it ruined KO Spike's career it ruins most guys' careers. They're never mm-hmm. for football players, they're never never the same once they rupture an Achilles. So yeah, but I I, I just uh I think you gotta go with the five best guys. And to me that he showed that they just could Josh talked about it, they communicated better. Like they're just everything was better. Were you gonna say something? You,
0: yeah, because I kind of got annoyed when you said that. Not at you, but it, when you say we got to play the five best guys, I think that's the thing that ticks me off with this coaching staff mm. is because, you know, coming out of the offseason, there's no way the five best guys started this season. No. So you mean to tell me Cody Ford? No. And, and, and again, I, like you, everybody knows I love Cody, but there's no way Cody was playing better than Daryl Williams or even, even Spencer Brown or now we're seeing Rick Bates. Like there's no way. There's no way you can tell me that they put the best five combination on the field. Right, and if so, if they if they really believe that those guys were the best five to give your team the best position or the best chance to win, then I really question this coaching staff. Well, I it, feel like it's politics. Go ahead.
1: No, yeah, you're right. It, it, you feel like it's politics. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like that was a great way to say it. It goes back to the show we did last week with Ruben Brown and Ruben and John both said going from right to left is almost impossible, almost impossible. And you and I talked about it last week on the show, and. In the presser, Dion Dawkins said you were at the Cardinals game during the press conference. I'm sure because I think you went last week. Um, yeah. In the press conference, Dion said at the beginning of OTAs they flip flop guys around on the offensive line so that everybody's familiar with every position. And it, and if if you listen to a potential soon to be Hall of Famer and the guy that played next to him for seven years, they would tell you they wouldn't say it out loud, but they would they would say enough to infer to you that that's a horrible idea, <laughs> like yeah. that's an awful idea. Why would you do that? And it goes, in my opinion, to speak to why this offensive line seems not Dawkins, not Morse, probably not Brown on the right side. Why do they seem unsettled, tentative, not secure in their role? Because they're flip-flopping these guys and moving them all over the place. Like, nobody gets a spot, right? It's maddening. To be
0: honest, I think there's only, like, there aren't many positions that I would want um, guys to just practice filling in other roles for so for instance like we obviously talked about the the offensive line that's not one we want to do it for right maybe receiver because like I feel like Steph Diggs can play slot if he wanted to I think he can play outside he could play whatever um so I think that might be one but even for cornerback I don't I don't want I don't want Trey White playing slot when he comes back I don't want him to be the slot cornerback I don't want um because I think his role is important and when you end up throwing too much at a guy not that these guys aren't smart and they can't mentally handle it but the thing is i'm gonna go there and say mentally it's a lot these nfl playbooks and you got to learn the position you have to learn to play from different positions it's not easy to maintain every week especially when you're changing game plans and you're trying to interchange things let these guys just go out there and play the position that they were drafted or signed to play i don't understand why it's so difficult for this buffalo bills team when you see it around the league. it's happened for for decades everywhere you sign somebody to play left guard guess what he plays left guard I, I don't understand why why we're trying to get left guards to play right tackle the and
1: madden- right tackles to- the, the maddening part and i brought this up to john on tuesday on monday and he picked up his phone he's like well i'll just send a text message to because pretending like he's got some inside guy that he can say something to because i had a good idea the buffalo bills would absolutely not play like they don't they don't put slot receivers on the outside and they don't put like X and Y's on the inside. They don't play Teron Johnson on the outside, Taron. They don't play like those guys on the inside, but the offensive line, the guys responsible for protecting the quarter of a billion dollar quarterback. Those guys, we're just going to move all over the place. Your most
0: valuable (laughs) asset. You're going (laughs) to shuffle the cards with. right? Okay. All right. So that's, that's where I say, you know, it's like at moments I really do question the coaching staff because it's like the most important piece Right. You know, and you can look around the league and you can look at teams where where coaching staffs and front offices have failed the quarterbacks by not protecting them. Let's look yeah. at Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson uh, prior to this season coming in, I'm like, yo, Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Russell Wilson is this. Russell Wilson is that. And now and he complained vocally. He came out and was like, look, there's offensive line. We got to get a better. We got to do better. Right. And they didn't address it. They didn't fix it. And then he missed games now because he got hit and all this stuff. You, you got to protect that. If yeah. you don't protect your court, why do you think Tom Brady really left New England? Because uh, they didn't give him weapons and they didn't have an offensive line. Right. Now, two years after, and I get it, the, the, cap space their situation was different but two years later they could spend money and splurge but tom brady wasn't about to sit there and spend the last four or five years of his career getting beat down who wants yeah, to do that
1: yeah he's got one of the best centers in football now he's got clearly one of the best wide receivers like groups in football now like yeah he's he's got a great defense which he had in new england it's just it's borderline maddening so i don't know what the answer is and i don't know what we're necessarily going to see um this weekend i hope with all everything in when when they trotted out the first grouping which was spencer brown uh ike bucker morse williams and then uh who's on then it was it was was it it wasn't tommy doyle who was on the outside who was on the the right side uh i have it in my notes anyway and then when Ike got hurt when they when they it just everything changed i was so happy to see they put the line back to what's normal which is dawkins on the outside right that's what it was so dawkins went to the outside left tackle which i know that he was coming back from covid again Morris, Williams, Brown. When when I saw that, I was like, yes, like this is where what needs to happen. And then Bates. And I was like, and then sure enough, it just, I don't know, man. It just, we'll, we'll see. I guess we'll see Sunday. We'll see against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't done any work, any prep work on the Falcons at all. So I'm totally unprepared as far as just knowing what their defensive line is like, knowing what they're like defensively. I don't know if you've got any insight at all.
0: Well, before I go there, I want to I want to fix something that I said earlier. I said, like, let's lock this thing down for next season. If this is the best line that we got, I still sure. I, let me let me take that back. Um, that was out of emotion in the moment. I still want to fix the line to where we're able to run. Yeah. And I, I even though we saw great protection for Josh Sunday, I still don't think that that combination is the best overall. But, you know, for what we're trying to do, if they really want to run the ball with Devin or run the ball with Zach or whoever we get back there. You're still going to need a little more, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know. But we still need to do that. As far as as far as these Falcons, man, I, to be honest, offensively, for them, I'm not too concerned. Their defense is is okay. They have a yeah, they have yeah. some good schemes there. But I think I think this game is is one of those games that you walk into it and it's like it's a good matchup for us. It, yeah, even yeah. I don't want to go overboard and just be like, Yo, we gonna. Thrash these dudes. we gonna beat, but the thing is, what they like to do, we defend very well. What we like to do, they don't. So right, right. it's just one of those things where it's just a very, very good matchup for us. And um, to be honest with you, the only person on offense that I'm worried about is Cordero Patterson because mm, he's a sure. big boy, he yep. runs that ball, and that seems to be our weakness when it comes to defense. But but no, I'm not, I'm not um at all. And I know, I know the Jaguars beat us, and I wasn't concerned about them. Listen. That was a fluke. The boys wasn't ready. The boys know what time. The team knows what time
1: it is. It's it's
0: playoff time. Every game is a playoff game to this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. And T Dobbs uh, has a comment. Thanks, Thank you for the comment. I just want to address this. He says, or she says, I don't know if it's male or female. I apologize. The only logical reason for holding Bates in reserve is because of his position flexibility. I agree to a point. I agree that that's a great thing when it's a luxury. But when your offensive linemen are going down left and right, and you're struggling at guard, including last year and I asked this to John like Brian Winters was collapsing the right side of that line because he was so bad and 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 Ryan Bates was on this football team so at what point well we want to save Ryan Bates in case you know Mitch Morse gets hurt okay well what if you go one and three in four games because your guard play is so bad versus going maybe three and one I, I just I just, to me, it doesn't... Yes, if you have the luxury of... So it's the McKenzie thing. We can talk about McKenzie. McKenzie is a weapon on offense. Good Lord, did we see it this weekend. And we saw it last year, all through the year, to include the Miami game. Well, when they made him the punt returner and kick returner, all of a sudden he's like, can't use him on offense anymore. Gotta protect him. Okay, great. And then we bench him for ball security reasons and we make him inactive. So he's not even available. I just... Mm. It doesn't make, and, yeah. I, and the way that I brought it up was, we all know the Steve Tasker story, and the Steve Tasker story was he was far too valuable to the Buffalo Bills as a, as a special teamer to play wide to play wide receiver because Marv didn't want to get him hurt. The difference was is the Bills were stacked at wide receiver; they didn't need him, so it afforded them that luxury. The Bills don't have that luxury in offensive line. If you have terrible guy, not terrible, if you've got guys that are sub performing, and you've got a guy on the bench that you're holding there because well, he's position flexibility. We just don't want to get him hurt in case the center gets hurt. And you're losing games because of it, and your quarterback can't throw the football, can't get settled, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I just...
0: I, I agree. I, I don't think we have the luxury. So, so like, I agree with... So, shout out to T. Dobbs for the comment. Um, I agree, like, that, that would be the only logical reason if it was something that we could afford to do. When you're going into... We, we can't afford to get Josh extra hits and possibly right. injuries. We can't afford right. to lose games. We can't afford it. So right now there is no logical explanation for me. Um, after seeing the performance we just saw this past Sunday against the, again, the NFL's number one defense yep. it's, and, and it's not like they're the number one defense um, because they get a bunch, they do get, they they take the ball away, but they get to the quarterback. They disrupt yep. the backfield. They did a good job this Sunday. You run that back. You run that
1: back. You want a conspiracy theory? Sure. So part of the reason that they played well was Judon did not play well. Matthew Judon was, he was outside of going around and kind of like taking cheap shots of people. He just didn't play well. Monday, first thing, Matthew Judon is Judon put on the COVID reserve list. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of speculation out there that he had COVID Sunday because of just where his energy level was at. And they may have either not tested him or <laughs> just a conspiracy theory just throwing that out there for you so yeah. some, some something to think about but uh i'm gonna throw up the uh the uh injury report uh today so the bills practice today they did a walkthrough as you can see from the starred point down there bills conducted a walkthrough practice today uh so there's only two guys that did not practice really for the most part and that and they were uh, due to illness vernon butler and then saquon johnson uh clearly uh what you would call it, Jer- jerry hughes at a vet rest day and then the other guys are just kind of dinged up here and there. So it was nice to see Devin obviously play full uh, full, full, participant. But uh, with that, as far as that goes, the Buffalo Bills are getting back four players or have gotten back four players from COVID due to the new COVID rules, which is that players only have to quarantine or be out for five days, regardless of vaccination status, if they show no symptoms and test, test out. So they're getting Cole Beasley back. They're getting Gabe Davis back. Mm-hmm. And we saw what I, Isaiah McKenzie did. And I think we're all on the same page with where we were trending with Gabe Davis in this offense versus Emmanuel Sanders. Man, what a nice problem to have <laughs> back to that luxury, um, that luxury word we were talking about.
0: <laughs> but see, to me, I see it differently and maybe I'm being overly critical, but I see it differently. I don't think it's a luxury. Mm. I think you need to put Isaiah McKenzie in the offense. And I, agree. I think Cole Beasley, um, I'm not saying that we don't need to play him. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be on the field because I think he's a very good weapon for Josh. But I think if you look at if you look at the body of work for the entire season, yeah, he's had four or five games that he looked like Cole Beasley. For sure. And there's been mostly for the season. He hasn't looked like Cole Beasley that we all loved last year and the year before. Like it just hasn't been the same. So Mm -hmm. for me, you need to get younger and you need to get faster. And when you look at Isaiah McKenzie, he's both of those things. And I've been critical all season, all Mm -hmm. season about special teams. But one thing that I have been saying, get this guy back in the offense. He's a critical part of the reason why we're not successful in the red zone. He's a critical part of why we weren't successful on fourth down. And then again, against the the NFL's number one defense, you see what happens in the red zone when Isaiah McKenzie's on the field. You see what happens on fourth down when Isaiah McKenzie's on the field. I I, I, honestly I think you keep Beasley on the field but I think you minimize the opportunities and maximize the opportunities when it comes to McKenzie
1: yeah that's just where I am you pull us your chat up chat up and then I'll go I'll 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 jump on what you said
0: uh Triggs (laughs) Triggs said Vernon Butler is the Brian Winters of the defensive line I'm uh, I'm gonna stay away from that one man
1: Let it What has said, let it be done. I wasn't so it has been said, so it be done. I I don't know what the word is, like, or the phrases, but yeah. So, I mean, do do we even need to jump on that one? The hard part for me with this whole situation is is I think I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a a this and situation. They're two very different players. McKenzie is not Cole Beasley. And my first argument that McKenzie is not Cole Beasley is this nobody that is even the biggest Isaiah McKenzie fan in the entire world is going to give him an $8 million a year contract. Nobody is. Cole Beasley earned, and we were all like, yes, bring us that Go. guy. Like That's a
0: deal. <laughs> that's a deal. Bring him.
1: <laughs> hey, so they're, they're two very different players. Now, is Cole Beasley getting a little bit old? Sure. Um, has he been nicked up this year? Obviously, the rib mm-hmm. thing. Yes, he's been nicked up this year. Have there been problems with the offense and sputtering and things just aren't right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a this and. They they both have to play. They bring two different elements to the offense. They're very they're different players. Cole Beasley is still leading the league, I think, in like yards of separation versus any other wide receiver in the league, which he's led the league forever in. That's just one of his things. He gets open. I, I want to see them both. I don't I don't need to see one or the other. I want to see them both. The, the difference for me, right? The difference for me is I want to see Gabe Davis more than Emmanuel Sanders. And I love Emmanuel's leadership, and I love his words, and I love his voice, and I love who he is, and what he brings to this locker room. In the sense of, I've been there before, but Gabe Davis is a is a body that this team just doesn't have, which is a big physical presence on offense. I'll it send the it off. I'm a little
0: different than if, if you're if you want to see which I'm fine with because I love Gabriel Davis but if you want to see more Gabriel Davis then for me I'm I'm gonna say I want Sanders and Beasley to split those those snaps in the slot because to I, me i could be okay um, with that
1: I could be okay with yeah. that
0: like because I'd love Gabriel Davis like give him all the snaps that he needs like this guy and it seems like as the game goes on the more touches he gets the better he gets every week I don't know right, what's going right. on with him but I love it right. I love that energy but um but for me if 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 we're gonna if we're gonna take snaps from anybody um again I, I think we need mckenzie there i think we need davis there you obviously need digs there i'm not i'm not um i'm a little bit more I, i'm higher on sanders than i am beasley this season because there were a few games in the beginning of the year that we would have we wouldn't even have been in this position right now if it wasn't for sanders
1: sure but i don't i don't know what he's given you over the last eight weeks nine weeks
0: he's if if um if you really look at it he's given you quite a bit but the thing was it was also at a time where josh wasn't being protected that's why i said you have to have watch all these games in context yep, yep. and and josh didn't have that he didn't have the line he had sunday uh, so there were times where you you can clearly see for all of you who um, like film heads and you watch the odd 22 and all that. Stuff, you can see times where Sanders is doing everything that Sanders is supposed to do. Sure. And we just didn't have enough time to get him the ball. Same thing with dig. Same thing. There's been weeks where you're like, the what same the same heck is, true for, is wrong with our offense?
1: The same is true for Beasley. I mean, that same thing goes for Beasley.
0: No, no, it doesn't. How can mean. that Beasley... same rule
1: not apply to Cole Beasley?
0: No, I mean, it, it applies. But what I'm saying is th- there's also you me and you earlier you and I were talking about the eye test. The yeah. eye test tells you that Beasley this year does not look like Beasley last year and the year before. So I mean, yeah. I just
1: I don't know. Like I, 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 don't know that, I would I don't,
0: absolutely love to see Sanders in that. I start. don't
1: know where that blame goes. I don't know if it goes on Beasley or if it goes on the offensive game plan and the schemes because they're I haven't seen Beasley run a route that he out outside of that 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 dig route that he runs or that little that comeback thing that he does. I mean, I haven't seen him run any of the routes that he ran in nineteen or twenty
0: in my in my to my understanding i don't think bees has any like actual routes i feel like he's the one guy when he goes on the field they tell him get open And actual fun and honestly i feel like that's what yeah. we've heard over the years that he's been here now he's so had he's had he's
1: had routes but yeah i mean he does yeah but it's I, I, I think for, for, for me, there's a big part of this offense does not look like the 2020 offense. It did on Sunday. It it has since the end of the second half of the Bucs game. Since the second half of the Bucks game, this offense is starting to look like what we saw in 2020 outside of way more screens and checkdowns because they're running cover twos, which is fine. Or they're playing against cover twos. I just feel like that what we're seeing from Beasley is more scheme-related and plan-related than it is anything Could else. Be. I mean, it seems I'm like just, you're, uh, if you're running a cover two shell and you've got Colby's on your team, it seems like he'd be open every down. But that's just me. But
0: but I also think that, again, and, 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 it, and it also this could be my fandom coming out, too. I just think Emmanuel Sanders uh, for a long time. I, I wish we would have got him when, when they first originally wanted him. Uh, when he left Denver, they tried to sign him and he ended up going to New Orleans. I love I've, I've loved Emmanuel Sanders for a long time. And, sure. You know, it's a tragedy that he went down there at the end of Drew Brees' career. Because right. could you imagine, like, really seeing Emmanuel Sanders and Drew Brees together, man? Like that would have been beautiful.
1: Yeah, it would have been something. And uh Andrew Solomon says that Beasley led the league in receptions the first four games of the year. So led the league.
0: Wow. He didn't. I mean, okay. I, again, I, I try my hardest not because I don't hate in, on any of these guys. I no, love my no. guys. We're having fun. Uh, well, no, but the way we're... I was. A, I know the way I was you. about to say it was going to make me sound like a hater. So I, I oh. had to bring that back. Um, but the thing is, it's like, I can, you can, uh, there was a funny stat that I think I sent you guys that um, no, I, I sent it to the other chat. So there was a thing that was like, you know, you can watch the Patriots game and you can see Mac Jones uh, have 11 straight completions. And then the, the camera zooms out and they're at their own 35 yard line. It's like, to me, that's what it comes like at the beginning of the season. Bees wasn't like, in. in it might be my memory too. Refresh my memory if I'm wrong. He could lead in receptions, mm-hmm. but I feel like Sanders in those first four games had more of an impact. He had more yards. He had more touchdowns. It was it, um, he had more big plays. Running,
1: yeah, the big plays were different. But Beasley, I mean, it comes back to that pseudo run game using Beasley to kind of spark that run game. You know, those are runs versus passes. Even though they are passes, they're they're pseudo runs. Um, it just wasn't. See, working. And that's where I
0: want to use but that's where I want to use Sanders and McKenzie. That's where I want to use those guys.
1: It, it is weird to have three of those guys that probably can all play the same position for sure. But, uh, yeah. So Trigg says that, uh, I don't know if you've got that right there. Um, I got it. Oh, we both did it same time. Go ahead. Trigg says that Allen trusts Beasley more than Sanders. I don't necessarily disagree or agree. I don't know where I fall on that. I mean, Sanders having a touchdown, a sure touchdown, hit him in the arm and fall away. Doesn't help the situation. Um, There's a chemistry issue. It it seems to me they had chemistry early, and the chemistry has kind of fallen off a little bit. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think think at the beginning of the season, I almost feel like it was trying to, like, a forced chemistry. Right. And then... Because you, you kind of noticed Josh, like, feeding them. He just kept giving it to, to Sanders, which is probably why I feel like he had bigger games because right, Allen was right. feeding them. But um, but now, I don't know if it's – again, you know, Sanders has the, the knee injury right. and whatever else. So it also could be health when it comes to him. Sanders is older. Like, you, you actually just made mention to the fact that – not the fact, the rumor yeah. <laughs> that he's probably going to retire at the end of the season. So it's just one of those things where, you know – i, I want to get younger at the wide receiver position agreed. i do
1: agreed and the funny part is is like sanders is on the age of retirement beasley's 30 going to be 32 and ike isn't exactly young anymore either so right yeah. turning our full attention to the falcons game so what are the chances that the buffalo bills went out against the falcons and the jets and what do we need to see from them to feel confident going into the playoffs i thought this was a fun topic um i need to see more of what we've been seeing which is that offense josh used the word urgency and i think if you remember i may have said it with you on this show week six or week seven i just felt like there was no urgency from that offense they were just like "Eh, we're gonna play football and probably beat you and now they're (laughs) very much in a mode of oh crap we have to beat them agree
0: I would agree. I think it's the urgency, like 100%. But I also think what it comes down to is um, on, t- on top of the urgency. So I'm agreeing with you, but I'm adding yeah, to it yeah, by saying yeah. I think it's also one of those things where they were embarrassed. So on top of the urgency, I think they were embarrassed to, to lose those two games we lost. In, and I know it was the weather game and all that stuff. We lost to New England. And then we went down and then we lost to Tom Brady. Right. And like yeah the second half of the game we outplayed them and we should have won that game and however you want to if you want to blame the refs fine if you want to blame whatever whoever you want to blame for that loss that's fine but i feel like Embarrassment is always one of those tools that that teams end up using as fuel heading into the playoff in any sport. Not just not just football, but I feel like you could see it all over the Bills, where it's just like, wait, we're better than this. Like, what are we doing? Right, we're losing right. games fourteen to ten to the New England Patriots with Mac Jones with that rag arm. Like, McCorkle. that's who we're
1: losing to. McCorkle.
0: So yeah, so I mean, I, that, that's where I'm at. I, I just think, um, so yeah, the urgency with the embarrassment com- combined is going to be a dangerous mix for teams that we're facing we're about to destroy teams and the defense has already been doing their job all year
1: so what do you need to see just to be comfortable confident so we beat the falcons we beat the jets so what is the difference between feeling confident going into week one of the playoffs home game if the bills win out they're going to win the afc east they're going to get at least one home game uh Mm -hmm. feeling confident in whoever their opponent is versus not be just feeling like "Row, row what do you need to see i'm
0: already there i'm already there
1: so more so like me more of the same
0: yeah, just just keep keep doing what you've been doing for the last ten quarters.
1: Gotcha. That's I'm, what I need to see. The, who they asked? Did they ask Josh? that, they asked somebody that question? What changed? It was in the presser today, right? What what changed in Josh, the last ten quarters? Gosh. Yeah, yep. yeah. That was when he said urgency. We just felt like you know we everybody realizes what's in front of us, and it's like, well, it's nice that you figured it out now. <laughs> I guess so, better now whatever. than week eighteen.
0: <laughs> but I'm there, honest to God. I'm back to where I was <laughs> heading into the season. So when I was saying like, hey. This is our. We can win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. These last ten quarters, I'm back to. After seeing us beat up the number one defense in the league, I'm. I'm. There's nothing that. Because now I understand we have the capability to score against any defense. Sure. We sure. we have the ability to score against any defense, and that off in the defense that we have, we have the ability to shut down or slow down any quarterback. Because I know Tom Brady ate us alive that first half, but guess what? We slowed them down dramatically in the second half. Big time, big time. We, we so so at this point, do it. And, and and with this offense scoring the way that they're scoring, let's see those Colts again. You know why? Yeah, we got punched in the mouth with Jonathan Taylor. He got five touchdowns on. Now, hear me out. I need Josh to come out aggressive from the beginning, like he's been doing these last two games. Yeah, come out scoring, come out slinging that thing. Yep. If you're down twenty-one to three going into the half, guess what you're not going to do with Jonathan Taylor, and for the
1: Oh, for sure. Well, so the, the, the Patriots tried it, and I brought this up on a couple different places, as a, and it hasn't really stuck. To me, the the gross clock mis- mismanagement by Belichick. The Bills come out in the second half; they have a six minute drive, and they put was it a field goal or a touchdown on the board to go up two possessions or whatever it was. And the Patriots rip off a seven minute drive where they were running the ball primarily, and then they did it. They did it again. The Bills got the ball back, and then they, and then the the Patri- there was no urgency from the Patriots at all. They're almost they just kind of like. Let the clock run out on them, on themselves. It was it was really weird. It was really that was weird. one of the
0: first games that I remember in recent and just in memory period. Um, where I f- I felt like Bill Belichick got out coached.
1: It's it seemed it, it. There was just when that there was a point where I was like, this drive has been going on for five and a half or six minutes. If they score good, like yes, like run it out to eight minutes. Like do that every time because the, the Bills offense is gonna sc- score at least three points. So let's yes do the, keep doing this like for sure run yeah. the clock out like it was no, weird.
0: I'm it, but I just it was weird it was yeah. weird to see like when when you have like the unanimous decision for goat of coaches yeah and yeah. Sean McDermott really looks like he out coached him
1: for sure and you uh, segued perfectly into the final topic for the show uh, the Chiefs Colts Bengals Patriots Titans Chargers and Ravens wow that's a juggernaut of teams are all likely to make the playoffs. As each other, meaning that they can't all make it, but all of them, the Chiefs have clinched. But the Colts, Bengals, Patriots, Titans, Chargers, Ravens, and you could possibly sprinkle in the Dolphins, all have an opportunity just as much as anybody else to make the playoffs. Where do you rank them in order of biggest challenge to the Bills? And then I'll give you mine.
0: I'm going Chiefs tight, No, Chiefs Chargers. Because to me, for the Chargers, Chargers, I'm going. I'm going quarterback base man. When you got when you got a guy like that. Just like we have our guy, when you have a guy like that um, in the playoffs, man, all, all they need is an opportunity and the lights right, to be bright. Right. And and Justin Herbert is one of those guys. He's gonna be. Listen, if if you don't have as an NFL football team, if you don't have Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, or, or Joe Burrow in the AFC it's going to be a long time for you in a Yeah. because it's going to be those four guys for, the, for a long time. And those yep. guys are amazing, man. So yep. um, the way I just, and actually, so the way I just pl- named them in order, that's where I'm going. I'm not worried about the Colts. I'm not worried really? about the Patriots. The Colts are my number one.
1: The-, the Colts are my number mm-hmm. one. No, um, I just, just be- saw them
0: last, last Saturday in person. I'm not worried.
1: The Colts are, yeah, yeah. It's matchups though. And right. I mean, it's just, it's always, it's always about matchups. Grab that super chat. Oh, has has it popped up yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: uh, Belichick fears Allen the way he feared Manny. I don't know if he feared anybody.
1: Where did I hear that? Somebody else talked about that. That came up on.
0: Shout out to Triggs again for the uh, super chat. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if you feared anybody. That
1: came up on one of the shows, whether it was Good Morning Football or something. That uh, somebody, somebody else said that too. That uh, that that Belichick. There was a weird embrace at the end of that game between Belichick and 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 Josh. It was a very weird. Belichick to, Belichick doesn't do what he did with Josh Allen. Like he talked to him for a couple seconds and then hugged him. Like that's yeah. not normal. That's respect.
0: For, yeah, Josh is Josh is that dude, man. <laughs> Josh is that dude.
1: So I've got the Colts primarily because of the run stuff because the Bills struggle wildly against against the run. I mean, they didn't play yeah. well against the run even this weekend. Granted, you know, the, the Patriots ran for 160 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. All three of the red zone uh, situations were were rushing touchdowns, but it, you know the Bills beat them because they outscored them. The Colts are my number one. My number two is going to be probably the Titans. Believe it or not, I think there's a bugaboo. I think there's a should, there's just a hurdle there that the Bills are going to have to climb over. And I don't want to say that the Titans are in their head, but I think the Titans are a little bit in their head. And then it's the Chiefs for me, and then probably the Chargers, and then the Patriots, and then the Ravens. That's that's how I've I got the team
0: I hear you and I respect it, but as far as the Titans, I don't look at the Titans as a threat for a couple of reasons. One, Derek Henry will be back, but after being off that amount of time with that type of injury, there's you have to literally be Adrian Peterson for me to believe that you're going to just jump, like young a- Adrian Peterson, right, right. that you're going to just jump in after an injury like that and then right. lead your team to the Bowl in the playoffs. I don't see it. Right. Um, so, so that's that's one. And and we actually we have, I know he gets a lot of hate. I'm not about to go down this road, but we have the one guy – as a linebacker that can tackle him by himself so not that tremaine does the best job every single time but i mean like well, i'm darius, not worried about it pretty good too darius leonard is very good <laughs> darius leonard is but he's not tackling him by himself uh, he's not tackling him head up by himself that's yeah. not happening
1: i don't want to see the patriots in the playoffs like i, I don't i don't i just don't want to see it in a
0: that rag arm that rag arm <laughs>
1: All I'm right, so let, about that rag let's do this. Let's get uh, let's let's you and me talk for a second while the uh, comment section, all the people in the chat, uh, let us know what they feel like their final score prediction and stats for Josh Allen are going to be. But uh, for me, in this football game against the Fal- against the Falcons, I haven't watched a lot of the Falcons. They're a weird they're a weird team to me because when I hear Matt Ryan, my brain immediately goes Matty Ice because there was like a five or six year period there mm-hmm. where Matt Ryan was the guy like he, he was, was and not that he was going to Super Bowls and winning but he was the next big upcoming quarterback when they did the hard knocks with them i loved his attitude and his moxie i loved who he was as a quarterback clearly you know they've got some running back issues i don't know who this team is i haven't done a lot of study on them I'm, any team can hurt you clearly but i'm going to fall back to southern dome team coming to buffalo in january and as much as the weather's probably going to be mild probably Low to mid 30s. It's not going to be crazy weather. It just, I don't, I don't see this as a game that's going to like work out well for them from a weather standpoint. I think the Bills win this football game probably in the mid 30s to somewhere in the teens. That's probably my score prediction, like a 32 to 17 or a 32 to 14 or 13 or something like that. Josh Allen probably having himself a day, probably another 300 Bills or 300, 300, 300, yards for probably two, three touchdowns. What are your thoughts? Yeah,
0: I, I, I kind of agree with you um, as far as like what the game is going to look like. I, I, I feel like it's going to come down to us being um, we're going to have to really, really stick to our fundamentals. And, and by that, I mean, we can't go out there and get sloppy because it's the Falcons. You know what I mean? We have to maintain all of our tackling lanes and we got to maintain like so everything that you're supposed to do, we got to do it. Yeah, but I think it's going to be 27, 10 bills. I think nice. those, um, you know, I think Josh has a day, but I think, I also think that it's getting to that point where they're going to try to get up big early and then kind of reserve guys. I think we're going to, I think we're going to see our backup quarterback this weekend.
1: Yeah. Is everybody so? Sheldon Cole says uh, 25, 37, 312 for Josh, two touchdowns, Bills win. Uh, I, Mike, 23 says Allen, 270 yards, two touchdowns, one running TD, which I'd love to see a rushing touchdown from Josh Allen. Uh, Mike real. Eye says 28 of 43, 46 yards, three touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, And then the Mike also says 36, 20 bills. I love this. Uh, and I want to segue lastly. Uh, Andrew Solomon says, I'm from Atlanta. The Falcons pass a lot and run through uh Cordero Patterson. AJ Terrell is a certified lockdown corner. So you wanted to bring up in this show, just some like back and forth between one of our dudes and one of Cordell's uh, is it Cordero or Cordell. I always say Cordero. You, yeah, Cordero Patterson. I think that's what it is yeah. as well. But between him and Stefan Diggs. So there was a little bit of a exchange between the two of them. Not between the two, of them, but through the media. And then you kind of had a little spicy take there.
0: Well, not a t- more so a question. Like, uh, so on Twitter today, uh, Cordell Patterson, obviously, I, I feel like the team, I feel like Atlanta might be in Buffalo already because uh, Patterson tweeted out like, Diggs, are you going to send me some wings to my hotel? And Diggs jumped in quick, like, yo, let me see what I can do. Let me make a right, couple right, calls. Right. And they have this weird bromance, even though not weird, but they have this bromance dating back to their days in Minnesota. And I just feel like um those type of relationships, especially those public relationships like that, often turn into free agency conversations yeah. like, you know, yeah. he's going to be a free agent. And listen, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not against Patterson being in the backfield.
1: Right. Like we, one, We're starting to see the day, big he, shows tall, the day he shows up, yeah. one,
0: <laughs> but we're starting to see these big Amazon running backs. You right, know, you right. look at Derek Henry and I'm not comparing Patterson to Henry, but Patterson by far has had the best year of his career this year. Yeah now is that because he's on a team that isn't as good so you know everything runs through him so of course the stats are going to be there or is it that he's really having a great year i think he's having a great year i don't i don't want to i don't want to crap on atlanta that bad i think atlanta um they have some players i love their rookie um the kid that they drafted fourth overall i can't think of his name right the tight end
1: uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh pitts
0: Pitts. I love yep. Pitts, but Patterson to me this year is the star of the team. He 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 did everything on, on punt and kickoff returns. Yep, I yep. know now we have Stevenson there, and I, I'm okay with Stevenson, but if you get somebody like Patterson for punt, I'm not, kick, punt I'm, return...
1: I'm not right now, but that's okay. Keep going.
0: You're not okay with, with Stevenson?
1: No! Where's the flash we okay. saw in the preseason? In the preseason I said to you, the Bills are in a situation now because they let that guy return kicks that they can't put him on the practice squad and then they like put him on IR for 6 weeks and buried him, which was fine. But as much as he averages 15 yards per return, it basically I I run the open space and then run into a guy. I'm waiting for him to find a lane. He hasn't found a lane yet. Ike was better at finding the lanes in the in the in the return coverage than than he is. It's just
0: I think the expectation Mm. for special teams again, like, so now this is the reverse problem of what we had when at the beginning of the year, when we had Isaiah McKenzie back there. So, you know, everybody's like Isaiah McKenzie's this, that, and the third. And I'm talking about Andre Roberts was so consistent, so consistent. consistent. He didn't score a touchdown last year. He didn't. And that's okay by me. And the reason why that's okay by me is because a, he didn't put us in bad situations and B he constantly gained, even if it was only five to 15 yards, he gained what Stevenson has been doing since his first game now he's consistently gaining he's given yeah, us yeah. 10 yards 15 yards he's not yeah he had the first muffed one i don't have i don't have, every time they punt the ball i'm not sitting there please don't fumble i'm not agreed. doing that agreed i was doing that with mckenzie so for me you average 15 yards on a punt return by all means i just want to see a
1: lane uh, andre roberts didn't score but he had a 30 he had a 45 like he found those creases in the re, in the return coverage and neither one and ike did too i just just need to see it but it is what it is daniel gara says bills win 34 to 13 men in the kitchen says uh 31 17 bills Josh Allen for uh 325 three touchdowns uh where was it at uh to, to I'm going to agree oh, with here.
0: Jessica here real quick too. Oh, my real quick. It, um, don't. I'm going to agree with Jessica real quick too. She said Stevenson is making sure he catches the ball first. He knew he knows if he fumbles. He's going to bitch, and that's I think True. that's consistent with. I, I, there, agree right? that, I, I agree. I agree with you Jessica. out of
1: here. I agree with that. Sheldon Cole says, "Glad I found this channel again." You know what, Sheldon? Jay Spence and I are glad you found it too. So
0: shout out to Sheldon. Is that Tyrod in the picture? Shout out to Sheldon. Let's go. That was Tyrod, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> uh that is Tyrod. <laughs> <at that>. Yep.
0: <laughs> Ty God, yep. let's do it. Yep. that's my guy
1: still one, of, still one of my favorite moments ever I've told you about it and I don't remember who they were playing but uh, Tyrod Taylor is uh behind center or I think he was in the shotgun actually and I don't remember who it was it was taking a long time to get lined up and you heard him through the television yell get on the line get on the line. Like he's yelling at his side and to get he on the line. <laughs> a,
0: he's a great leader. I feel really bad for the way his career is kind of like Agreed. going and in Agreed. And out. Because he said, like, I just wish he, I wish the talent level matched the man that he is, you yeah. know, like he, yeah. he's, he's just such a, such a good dude. Uh, sure. shout, out, shout out to Tyrod, man.
1: So why don't you, uh, we're at a one, one hour and two minutes. Why don't you, uh, you feel, how do you feel about closing this out tonight?
0: Oh, let's do it. Um, well, first, this is the last show of the year. Crazy before we close this out. This is the last show of the year, and it's been a wildly successful year, yeah, for Buffalo Rumblings as a podcast network, as a YouTube channel. Um, the Give growth the that we experienced this Give year was insane. Give the numbers we okay, so we reached north of 2 million, we're almost at 2.5 million. And I think we're going to break it before the first gets here as far as downloads and listens and streams that's on the, the podcast channel. And that has never happened. This month, this month has been the most successful month of any month in Buffalo Rumblings history. Mm. Like That that that's mind blowing to me. So um what what we got for next year man what's, what's your i don't want to say new year's <laughs> resolution i know that you're a man of the cloth and everything but what is your <laughs> what is your what would you say your goal is now going up next year uh for this this channel
1: i have no idea um i mean obviously it's always about continued growth and it's always about more interaction and stuff like that so it's uh natural organic growth so you you have you have been very good about cueing me into small things like don't look at the number of followers don't look at the number of watchers pay attention to the interaction uh because early on i was like making the move from fanatics to here i was more worried about the numbers than it was the interaction and the interaction is just as strong just as heavy for me just from what i've seen i want to see more interaction i want so i does that make sense? I like yeah. I think yeah. we do a very good job of 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 pulling the interaction out of the commenters which is great. As as a team, not just you and me, but as a whole team. Um I'm excited just because I know where the thought process is as it pertains to Bruce who runs the YouTube channel for Rumblings and he wants to get a pre-game show uh and things that he wants for the future and kind of filling out the lineup and stacking shows like we do on Saturday. I love the fact that we stack shows on Saturday. I think that's I think that's beautiful i love signing off on saturday from time to shine and telling people to stick around for your show i I love doing that and i i wish we were able to do we were able to do more of that but clearly this is not normal (laughs) what we do like it's not easy to find people that can do this like there's a lot of people doing it there's not a lot of people that are really good at it if that makes sense and and i'm i'm thankful to not only have the ability to do this i'm thankful to be able to do it with guys like you and Fina. Fina's great um so Fina's yeah it, yeah Fina, and obviously the nate geary and bruce thing flows it's super good the chop up thing is great so it's yeah it's just uh so yeah just overall more inter more organic interaction i think is what i'm looking forward to
0: yeah no i'm with you i'm with you man my, my new year's resolution for next year is to um to not burn myself out again <laughs> and i know that sounds funny but i think i need to to just kind of figure out how to continue to to keep the quality of content and keep what we're doing but at the same time woos a little bit like not burn myself out
1: somebody was in my dms today and i'm not going to mention who everybody would know the name if i said it and he he was just like i don't know how you're doing so much and i was like to be honest with you the fact that it's live makes it a hundred times better if I we pre-recorded all this stuff and then i had to edit it and like and then post it live is just the fact that it I just I just download it and throw it up like b- I bounce it and throw it up it makes it so if I had to edit four shows I would be doing four shows I'd be doing one
0: you know what though um and this is not a brag I guess it is it's a humble brag in a way I, I feel like that's part of what makes us great though like the reason why I'm proud mm-hmm. of you myself Bruce um just everybody is because what we do is not even those guys over at um like every network cover one fanatics yep, yep, yep. Uh, the buffalo market the Buffalo market as a whole, we do live shows. And so that means like, there is no make a mistake, go back, edit it. And nobody sees it. Like we can't, we can't embarrass ourselves, you yeah, know, yeah, like this yeah. is a live broadcast. So, you know, I'm super proud of that. I'm super proud of, of everything we've done. So um, I was just about to throw that up. We got the mafia sports report Uh, shout out to them. I, again, we have so many great content creators and so many uh, great teams, uh, but it says I'm not superstitious, just a little stitious. Uh, but I do switch jerseys after each loss. I'm now 2-0 and in my Peerless Price jersey. And I think Joe kind of went back to the Boho Magic there. Oh, he's yeah. kind of in a good, good way since he's went back. Yeah, so he went back to Boho is,
1: Mojo. Is, I went back to the Boho Mojo. And last year, so Boho's number is nine, right? Mm-hmm. Number nine. Last year, I got the jersey, put it on, and the Bills went eight straight to the to the AFC Championship game. So the, the last game that I wore, it, they lost in the AFC Championship. So they won eight straight, ninth game, championship game. And I was at the point where I was out of lucky shirts. I was like, "Oh well, going back to the boho." And if the bill and I'm, and I'm two and zero in the boho, and if they win eight straight again, that's the Super Bowl. The, God, the eighth, I would love to
0: have that guy back.
1: That eighth win, I would not because Tyler Bass was a, the Packers' place kicking situation is not great. There's a what it was with all the Super Chats coming in all of a sudden. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: I know. We were trying to get out here last week on <laughs> the Code of Conduct. I'm like, don't super chat me no more. I'm trying to go. But, <laughs> but Thomas says, uh, did you gentlemen make your Belichick New Year's resolution? Not Belichick. We just made some resolutions, but not the I haven't,
1: made, I haven't made a resolution yet. I don't I do not don't do New Year's re- resolutions. Um, it's not because I don't have any, anything in my life I don't want to change. I just typically don't do them. But uh, th- you saw clearly it was all over the media on Monday. You saw that situation. He's talking about
0: it was hilarious. That was hilarious.
1: Yeah. He was just like, "I've never seen somebody so pouty." I've I have not paid a lot of attention to Belichick, but that dude is pouty after a win.
0: I don't. But I don't, this is why I, I get so frustrated really want, I when
1: I don't really want to talk about it right now.
0: It's but like, but seriously, he's been like this for lost
1: years. After a loss, not after a win. Yeah,
0: but it. but he's been like this for years, and and we we talk about it like like it's like. Oh, we love Belichick because he's so funny, and he's a he's a jerk after a loss. He's a jerk. And you look at some of these college coaches, jerks after not just college, everywhere. Like these guys are jerks, but everybody wants to come down to my man Cam Newton. We can go past that though. There's one number I want to say before we close this out. I want, I want everybody, I want everybody to remember this number, and then we're out of here. Six. I want you to remember the number six because there's six more wins and the Buffalo Bills will be Super Bowl champions. So that's the number. That's the magic number. We need to win out in the regular season and then we need to win four in the playoffs. Shout out to Sheldon one more time. We out of here. Listen, y'all know how I do it. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King. I want y'all to love each other, take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills.
1: Go Bills. Mm